0: Welcome to The Perpetual Stew. I'm Matthew Goodman. And I'm Sarah Merle. And uh, we're doing a quick uh, short pod today in advance of a kind of important moment in U.S. history uh, that's likely, not guaranteed, but likely going to happen tomorrow, which is the looming indictment of former President Trump. Uh, So, uh, Sarah, how are you feeling uh, at the moment?
1: It was pretty wild. So um, on, I think it, I mean, it had to have been Twitter or um, God damn it, TikTok, but they were showing cops putting up the guard railing and they were hustling to get that done. Uh, And that's always, you know, as a former live music um, person, that's always kind of how, you know, like how much shit they are anticipating to hit the fan is like, how tall are the barriers? How fast did they get them up? You
0: know? And yeah this is in New York outside the criminal court uh because um pre- former president Trump has called for protests um this is even before this was over the weekend even before the the charges have been fi- uh have been uh officially announced so I want to note uh this is generally not done <laughs> yeah um, Well. I'm I'm sure you've also heard
1: all of the online rumors about people saying, like, this is the time we're going to do Civil War. And here's the thing. The funny thing about January 6th is when you think about all the people who are going to show up in person and do crazy shit, like, we know exactly who they are. Because they all came to January 6th. Mm -hmm. Um, Now, I'm sure you, as I have, we've lived in reality. We, We lived during the 90s. We lived through... Ted Kaczynski, Ruby Ridge, et cetera. Um, I think it's unreasonable to expect there not to be a brief spate and uh, a brief. Sh- um, I don't. I don't. I want to really carefully um, choose my next noun. I'm just going to say increase because I don't mm-hmm. want to hyperbolize the potential reaction.
0: I I think that's a good approach here. I want to note that uh, former President Trump had already planned and continues to go forward with a rally this weekend for the 30th anniversary of Waco. Um I you know, there there are a few stories that are so well
1: packaged to be like right wing the the you know the ideological tragedy version of a foam finger for right wing politics yeah. um than Waco. Um it features all the right wing's favorite villains, which is anyone that worked that was the Clintons or worked for or with them. um, We got, we got fundamentalist Christianity in the mix. We got separatism. We got like whatever is next door neighbors to um, sovereign citizenship. It's uh, Waco is like one of their faves. Uh, Waco and Ruby
0: Ridge are, are the two that are still like, I mean, they play the hits, right? Yeah. Um, <laughs> And so we're already at, like, a moment where we're likely to see some level of right-wing agitation. I think it's – I'm just going to say from my, you know, diseased liberal mind that I think it's (laughs) deeply irresponsible of uh, former President Trump to call for any kind of protest or hold rallies around these types of events. Um, I mean, again – Stop trying to shame the dog.
1: The dog can only be shamed as far as the dog is able to conceptualize shame. And beyond the cone, it's 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 useless. It's a useless yeah. exercise, you know? Yeah.
0: Uh, it's like people who try to like, when their dog pees in the house, they try to put their dog's face in. It. It's like, look what you did. Like the dog's like, yeah, and yeah. like, don't do that. It's not a good teaching moment. The dog doesn't have the same kind of idea of disgust as you do. Just yeah. saying. Also, the
1: difference between a dog and Donald Trump is your dog genuinely cares about you. Mm -hmm. Like there isn't a person alive that if the option not to pee on them when they were on fire was like more profitable or (laughs) beneficial to his ego. Like there isn't a person alive, his mother, his father, his son, his daughter, his sons, his daughters, any of his grandchildren, he would throw them on the pyre.
0: Yeah, 100 percent. So I know that people have a lot of questions uh, around uh, about the law right now because we're dealing with sort of a, an unusual situation, one that I don't think any of us uh, have ever dealt with before, save for you know because we dodged it with uh, 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 with um, Nixon. Nixon. Yeah. Um, so uh, so Sarah, like, what what questions you have about the legal side of what's going on?
1: So as far as I understand it. Uh Leticia James case is actually like similar but pretty different from what's going on in Georgia. Like will you just explain like in the most like um uh, single three by five card version, like what he's charged with, what the potential okay. outcomes could be, and why this is such bizarre uncharted territory
0: for us. <laughs> so it's he's actually being charged with something that seems kind of boring. And okay. I want to note that these are New York state charges. So this is all coming from the Manhattan district attorney, uh, uh, Alvin Bragg. And so we're not dealing with federal crimes whatsoever here. We're dealing with uh, article 175 of the New York penal law, which is for about falsifying business records. Mm. Right. Seems sounds really boring. Cause remember we're dealing with this uh, uh, hush money payment to stormy Daniels, which would have been normally legal except mm. right he filed it he through Michael Cohen Cohen and in the business filing said that it was for um uh, a retainer right for an attorney client relationship which it was not i can't i like you know
1: again we're back to that thing where when you you know like the trump organization continues to, to be um compared to the mafia the mafia is much more organized and mm-hmm. secretive like that's insulting to the mafia to compare <laughs> them to the trump trump organization
0: yeah and and the mafia does you know they talk about like keeping two two sets of records right yeah. the cooked books and the real books yeah i mean this is one of these situations where it, it becomes a crime when the boss uh knowingly note that he has to do this on purpose um ask his subordinates or get his subordinates to enter a false record uh, uh put put a false entry in the business records which we appear because of the participation of people like Michael Cohen who is directly involved that you know the records say one thing this was uh this is for a retainer and Michael Cohen made it clear that it had nothing to do with that this was a hush money payment so right there we already have sort of the outline of uh, uh fulfilling the requirements of the statute it should be the twist comes because normally um it becomes a felony only when doing so is to hide a second crime <laughs> right <laughs> I'm sorry
1: yeah I'm sorry i'm sorry it's like you know when someone's describing when someone's like Hey, hypothetically, how bad it would yeah. would it be if X, Y, and Z happen? Like, oh, well, if it's just X, Y, and Z, like it's pretty bad. But I mean, like, unless you did Z, Y, and T, and like yeah. then it'd be really bad. But you would never do that, right? And it's like, <laughs>
0: sure. yeah, yeah. I mean, th- that that's the point here. That like normally it's a misdemeanor. If you're just like, okay, I don't want people to know I'm paying hush money, which is a legal thing to do, not a crime. But you're just like, I want you to uh, say that it's it's not a hush money payments for something else. That's a misdemeanor. But if you're asking to change the entry and falsify the business record to cover up a second crime, that's when under New York law, it becomes a felony. And that's, I think, where sort of some of the confusion comes in, uh, where some of the legal difficulty, because I think it's straightforward. We have really in public the the bones of, the, uh, of fulfilling the misdemeanor uh, charge. The second crime is a little more complicated because it's most likely going to be charged under uh, a campaign finance violation, okay. which is a federal law, which means that it comes from a different jurisdiction. Remember, the the New York State statute deals with the state law. So we're talking about a violation of to convert it into a, a felony. The violation is of a federal law, which is complicated, right? So yeah. that's it's unclear whether or not uh, there's a theory in which a state prosecutor can cite law over which the prosecutor does not themselves have jurisdiction. Right, okay. uh, DA Bragg can't bring federal charges because he represents the state of New York, um, not the federal, uh, not the federal government. But there might be some other intended offense that hasn't been made that that hasn't been made public um for example if there were some sort of falsification or uh claiming it as a deduction under new york state um tax law or something like that some other thing that would avoid that complication um that can i ask can i interject a question real quick
1: that was my very first thought is like what if you know like this is this seems like it has the sort of potential of as just like you pull on a yarn and all of a sudden you've unraveled an entire sweater where it's yeah. like, if you think that Donald fucking Trump hasn't done exactly that thing with Michael Cohen, yeah. you know, 500 times with 500 <laughs> problems for which Cohen was his quote unquote fixer, like you are on drugs.
0: Yeah, yeah I mean, I'm Paying an attorney is a legitimate business expense. You can deduct it as part of your state tax filings to try to reduce uh, your state tax liability. Hush money payments are not a business expense.
1: <laughs> sorry, sorry. It's we're we're really in our Silvio Berlusconi era here in yeah, America. You know, I, ha- I had to say the actual
0: thing. I had to say the words, <laughs> but they are bizarrely extremely relevant at this moment. Um. This is. It is 2023. We live in hell. You know. <laughs> <laughs> well, I think we can all understand why. You know. Uh, the the state government would not see hush money payments. Um. But we're also uh, like as a legitimate business expense. <laughs> I'm so sorry to continue banging
1: this very tired drum, but Donald Trump was a villain on Sesame Street. Yeah. Now. And it wasn't, it wasn't like a inspired by, you know what I mean? Like you watch that episode and you're like, Oh, it's Donald Trump. I think his name is dump in the, <laughs> in the show. Like, you know, if this is like, think about the, think about just like the simple pass through structure of this fraud, right? Like $120, you give it to Michael Cohen. You say it's a retainer. He passes it on to the, the, you know, the lady, the nice, sexy lady, yeah. like, if they did that one time, and that is the only A to B to C fraud, you know what I mean? Like, yeah. they didn't even have the the dignity of, like, hiring a fake shell company or something. You know what I mean? <laughs>
0: that, is, that is true.
1: Like, like, Michael Cohen and Donald Trump are, like, two toddlers with just chocolate on their hands and chocolate on their face. And they're like, did you get into the jar of chocolate frosting? And they're
0: like, no. Yeah. Mm-mm. Didn't. Didn't do it. <laughs> I don't know. I think you should investigate. It's a tragedy. So, so what's <laughs> going to happen may, potentially? Um, so I want to talk a little, I had some people ask me about the statute of limitations because this, you know, this occurred outside of what the initial window is for the misdemeanor. It's a two year statute of limitations for the felony. It's five years, but right. And that's, we're outside that because it happened in 2017. Ha ha. But guess what? New York state law does what we call tolling, meaning pausing, Um, for periods when the defendant is continuously out of state. Now we can think of a reason why, you know, former president Trump was continuously out of New York state
1: from 2017
0: uh, for significant portions of 2017, 2018, 2019, and 2020, since he was, you know, president um, and living in the white house. So then that would toll uh, the statute of limitations. And then also during the pandemic, New York state extended statute of limitations uh, by more than a year as oh, well. Okay. So you, so anybody trying to cite, I know that there are going to be some crazy right-wingers out there. Anybody who's trying to claim that the DA is, uh, you know, uh, ignoring statute of limitations, that this is some violation of state law. It's not, we have um, these tolling statutes for a reason because like that way you can't just flee and get away with it uh (laughs) and also like the pandemic slowed down the courts so all of this stuff sort of uh uh, all this stuff sort of got a pass so there are put it this way that there this is not like the most damning indictment that you could see brought against trump there are a lot of other things he's being investigated for (laughs) in other parts of the country yeah. Um, so, but this one seems pretty clear, right? Yeah. And I mean, I'm just going to be honest that like, the only really complicating thing here is the second crime. That's the right. only really, uh, difficult thing. But if, uh, the, if, uh, DA Bragg has come up with a state, another state law, like we said, talk about the taxing, then you sidestep that. That's not an issue. Yeah. Um, so uh, I don't see this as a particularly... If if uh, DA Bragg is able to establish that second crime as a state law, as a New York state law violation, that's not a big lift. If it's the federal campaign finance law, I think that's a little harder because that's the first time that these two particular types of statutes will have been brought. Yeah, um, in New York State. Can I? So I have another question
1: about that exact thing, which is like Mueller. Robert Mueller said if he had not committed federal crimes, I would have said so <clears throat> in the report. Um, but what I worry is that like like, the, whatever Trumpers are going to flip out and say like it's you know left wing, whatever you know what I mean yeah. like it's it's all left wing conspiracy no matter what right? But like it feels like. Uh, we're doing kind of like a distribution of load thing with the state cases. Mm-hmm. Do you know what I mean? Where like a federal case feels like it's like too hot like the p r is like mm-hmm. too hot to touch like if if it is the Biden administration that ends up prosecuting mm-hmm. that, you know what I mean um, but with the state cases, there's something about it to me as a person who knows fuck all nothing about like distributing multiple varieties of <laughs> crimes. And prosecuting them. So like one of them might stick. You know what I mean? Yeah.
0: I also I I just want to note that with this, with the different investigations, they're all being brought by different sovereigns. And by sovereigns, we just mean different types of governments, different levels of government. So for example, you know, we have something called double jeopardy, that you can't yep. be tried tried uh twice for the same crime. So if you're acquitted once, you're done, right? Yeah. The exception for that is, but it, that double jeopardy only applies to the same sovereign. So, if, for example, Trump gets acquitted of uh, uh, violating New York campaign finance laws or, or you know, improper or the bookkeeping here, that doesn't impact federal uh, fe- a federal indictment because the federal government is a separate sovereign from New York State. This is one aspect of federalism. Thank the the, the founders and their wisdom and the Tenth Amendment for this weird little quirk. Uh, of US law. So I think one thing we see here is that um, in New York, they're just simply different pressures and different laws that apply here. Yeah. Right. That the falsifying business records, because the Trump organization at the time was a New York corporation, um, then New York is the one who's going to take a look into those. The federal government's not looking at it. No one else is. Same with like the investigation in Georgia, his tamper, his potential tampering um, uh, with uh, uh, the election in Georgia in 2020 and, and, the, and the results there. Again, like Georgia state law, it's their election laws, right? Um, they're going to take a look at it. They don't have to worry about what New York's doing. They, they don't have to worry about what the feds are doing. Um, there is some overlap in some cases like we see here. If we have something that happens in New York that happens to trip up both uh, federal and state law, you can wind up with them trying to figure out who's going to prosecute what. Um, But I think the nice thing about this particular, uh, the bookkeeping charges, is that it is very clearly uh, state-level crime. It's very clearly part of New York law. The violation is pretty well documented, even in public thanks to Michael Cohen. And I give Michael Cohen a lot of credit. He really, I don't think this gets brought without Michael Cohen's cooperation. Yeah. Um, So weirdly enough, like Michael Cohen might be sort of a scumbag, but um, he has kind of turned out to be an honest scumbag, if that makes any sense. I mean, I, I think that we are no matter the depths of scumbaggery that you
1: dig yourself down to in your career, like, at some point we all have a moral reckoning. You know what I mean? Like, depending on how you lived your life before, that might be a bigger or smaller bell ring. You know what I mean? But, like, I think it's... I don't underestimate anyone's capacity, including Michael Cohen, despite being a mega shitbag for, you know, the majority of his career to be like, I don't think I want this to be my legacy. You know what I mean? Like, I don't think I want to be go down in history as do, this fucking quaffed like two paid spray tans guys like butt boy you know what i mean
0: i think that's important but like we've seen a really mixed response uh from the gop that um we have seen you know for example governor DeSantis, a likely challenger uh to former president trump in the 2024 republican primary has both condemned the prosecution while also sort of uh, trying to criticize Trump for his conduct that led to the prosecution. So trying to sort of like split the baby um, instead of I'm just wrong. saying the clear thing that like, if dude did crime, dude should be prosecuted. <laughs> like the thing I, I really, I appreciate about Cohen is that like, you can only really be threatened by Trump if you let yourself because that's correct you know, people get scared of him, but like Michael Cohen's family is not dead. Michael Cohen's not injured. Like Donald Trump is not Vladimir Putin. Like he's not polonium poisoning like his foes. He just is mean to you on Twitter. Like I was going to say, like, if, you know, if he, if I
1: like, you remember right when Donald Trump got elected and everyone was like, maybe this is all just like an act and he's like secretly a genius. And then it took like Ten days of a real Trump administration to be like, oh no, 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 no! Like even, like the reason that my parents stopped being vocal Trump supporters is he was just too embarrassing.
0: Yeah, and and this is what I'm saying that like you know, right now a lot of right wing figures, even Alex Jones is not are not going to bat for Trump. Like the people trying to organize a protest uh, for tomorrow. Uh, are uh, the New York Young Republicans.
1: Oh, my God. <laughs>
0: um, which is just as, like, country club and ridiculous khaki wearing yeah. douchebags, like, polo shirt-wearing, as you can imagine. Yeah. Like, like these are not stormtroopers.
1: <laughs> I mean, uh, can I tell you the funny way that um, Alex Jones is uh, sterilizing himself against him, ironically? Huh? Um, He is pretending that he has like, you know, Alex Jones, this whole thing is like uh, immunizations and vaccinations. Like he just like it's one of his like nut job, like real Mm -hmm. things. And he has gone on his show uh, and threatened, threatened Donald Trump that says, if you don't like back off of your support of the vaccine, like I'll spill all the beans about who you really are or something, which like. Who, like donald trump doesn't give a fuck it's alex fucking jones he just yeah. got a billion dollar judgment against him like you know yeah. throw it on the pile but you know <clears throat> trump is such a funny um he's he's accidentally turned himself into such a like political orphan you know what i mean like mm-hmm. he's too prideful to say like no, the vaccine was bad. Like, I condemn it. I, you know, I didn't want to do it to, like, get that base back, right? Too prideful, okay. can't do that. But also, like, he wants to do all the other things. You know what I mean? He's He wants to, like, cut out the yucky slices of the cheesecake and just get the rest, you know? Yep.
0: Yep. <laughs> so we're left in this sort of, I think, an uncomfortable situation where it's really up in the air what's going to happen. Yeah. Uh, I think legally um, it makes sense, right? That, you know, one of the reasons why it wasn't brought until now is that it takes time to run these investigations. And, you know, you get, uh, you get people like, uh, Michael Cohen providing this sort of, you know, like key figures in it, providing testimony that you normally don't get and evidence that you normally don't get. That's why these sort of charges are very rarely brought because you have to prove that Trump knew, that, paid, that the book, that the records were going to be incorrect, that he knew he was covering up some other, uh, uh, this activity. Um, so, you normally you don't get that. So, so, I think legally this is unusual just because of the participation of those figures. And we're also, it's not clear what the political uh, blowback yeah. is going to be. Um, Trump world is trying to claim that this will only make Trump stronger. Yeah. But I'm going to be honest, like, first of all, it's not nearly as much planning time as they had leading up to January 6th.
1: Yeah.
0: Second of all, like, good luck all those people actually getting into New York and finding a place to stay. Yep. Um, And third, like, they ran this once and Trump had promised to, like, you know, pay people's legal bills and he hasn't done that for anybody. Um, He just left them out to dry.
1: You you took the words out of my mouth. I was like, you know, two things. I think two things uniquely are happening happening with Trump supporters, which is like. By the way, have I told you I didn't sleep for twenty four hours? I'm like I'm like on my thirty sixth hour awake. Okay, anyway, um, I believe in you. <laughs> um, but I feel like that's coloring context. Um, but like existing in a, in a separate reality takes a lot of mental energy, like Mm -hmm. to, to sort of, you know, Jean-Claude Van Damme, your cognitive dissonance all the time. And like that will rip your taint mentally, Mm -hmm. your, your mental taint, if you will. And I think that a lot of these people are just exhausted. Like they have to constantly deny the reality that's in front of their face over and over and over again. And at some point you just lose the will to do Mm -hmm. that. Right. Like, Mm -hmm. It's interesting, like, obviously, I, I listen to this podcast about Infowars, Knowledge Fight. It's great. Um, but, you know, you hear the callers call in and they are they are really uniquely like disappointed because no one's extreme. We're back to we're, we're right where I thought we were going to be, which is like without Trump, you know, without like a. a a match just thrown into a random pile of dry fireworks. Right. Like you have to just go back to like a sedate planned fireworks show. And that's just like, not as much fun to these people. So I think they've, Mm -hmm. a lot of them have really had the participation wins taken out of their sales, you know?
0: Yeah. And this is, and this is for what, right? January 6th was that about the election being stolen. Yeah. This is about a low level felony charge, you know, (laughs) like, I'm, I'm gonna say anybody who expects donald trump to be like locked away for the rest of his life like this ain't it right no. this is not this is not the smoking gun this is not what's going to prevent him from becoming president like no this is like a good and necessary thing yeah right but this is not some sort of perverse vendetta for good or for ill against you know either a true villain or a uh or a martyr like this is a pretty normal prosecution for a crime that happens all the time. That's kind of boring. It's salacious because it involves like an adult film actress and a former president, but like the actual, like straightforward, I think that, that, that when you look at it legally, it's just, it's not super exciting from a straightforward legal context. It's exciting because of who's involved.
1: I was going to say, like, how sweet of you, Matthew Goodman, to assume that these people need a connection to reality, (laughs) even tenuous, right? Yeah. And, like, to them, like, for people who are, sorry, dumb, who don't know fuck all anything, like, you know, there are these videos, there are these clips that keep coming out about January 6th of just, like, the dumbest people on Earth touching the Capitol building and saying, I'm right here next to the White House, I can't believe it. Like... (laughs) You know, we're talking about like a really low level lack of familiarity with like how anything works. And so what what does concern me is like these are people who have already proven that like a lot of their identity comes from the sense of like aggrievement and persecution Mm -hmm. and that like the people that they like are aggrieved and persecuted. And I do worry that like this
0: is exactly the kindling that those people need to like lose it. I guess my feeling of that is, like, I get why it might have been exciting for them to come to D.C. and, like, go see the White House or, you know, Congress, if they actually knew where they were going. But there's something, like, symbolic about it. But yeah, here right. they'll be going to New York City and, like, what, touching, like, the, like the New York State, like, municipal courthouse in Manhattan. Yeah. Like, this is, like, it, there's a lot less of the sort of... um so there's this like concept uh, uh, in, in uh, memory studies of like a lieu de memoir, like a place of memory, a place that um, is so important, both symbolically, psychically, yeah. that it creates, it can warp reality and people's remembrance. So like, I think January 6th or the capital on that day has sort of been transformed to that because there are people now claiming that they were at January 6th and honestly believe it who weren't there. what i mean man right you know but like but you i don't think you can it it lacks the same sort of psychic importance like the the courthouse and like so i get why the police are putting up barricades like i get they have to do this they're smart i'm better that they be over prepared than under prepared but like you can see the lack of enthusiasm from The ultra right wing people who are like all in on January 6th, because I think they on some level recognize that, like, if they're going to pick in time and place, this is not the time or the place.
1: Yeah, I I was going to say, if you already have a fetish about, quote unquote, 1776 and the founding fathers, blah, 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 like none of that cannon
0: fodder exists in New York, you know what I mean? that's i think that's a great way to put it like if you're gonna set off this is not the storming of the winter palace this is not <laughs> the assassination of archduke ferdinand like <laughs> yeah. you, you get what i mean that like yeah. um you know it's not the best store it's not the Bastille. like it, it, yeah. <laughs> it like this is new york state courthouse for a bookkeeping charge like yeah. <laughs> like and it's let's just lay that out there that that is the reality of what's happening. Was that in it, the
1: the charges will be coming down in Albany or or New York City or like? No, oh, it'll in,
0: It's it'll be brought in Manhattan because it's the okay. Manhattan okay. DA. So oh, yeah, okay, it'll, gotcha. it'll be okay. brought there.
1: But so, it'll be at the uh,
0: courthouse. You know, it's not like they're going to be perp walking Donald yeah. Trump. You know, there. It, well, the other thing is that like, and I I can I hope this doesn't come off
1: as like being in any way delighting in the potential for police brutality but like the capital police and what they deal with every day are very very different than the nypd and what they are prepared to walk up on every single day like i you know we you and i have both been to new york and uh i think I, as a, as a polite Midwesterner, just get a real charge out of New Yorkers, just looking each other dead in the eye and saying, Hey, fuck you. Like, (laughs) Oh man, that's so thrilling. Um, but I think if, if that's not a culture that you're ready for and you just like roll up from, you know what I mean? Like Mm -hmm. steel town USA or whatever. And, and none of those, you know, the, I think the reason that a lot of those Capitol police officers quote unquote, move the barricades or let them in or whatever, it's like, well, we can move this or we can get crushed. Right. Like there was a, there was a unstoppable force there. There was a, um, you know, I mean, they talk about like a frenzy, like a, um, oh my gosh, folly ado, but like for a big crowd of people, you know what I mean? Just like Mm -hmm. a bunch of people just fucking lose it. And I think that was risk mitigation where like the NYPD will just hit you with a baton.
0: Oh good. They're just going to fucking tear gas you. Yeah, there, And then, you know, tase you and hit you with batons. Like, yeah. they they have been to this dance before. Yes, yes, that's exactly what I mean. Yeah. And, like, <laughs> there's a reason, like, the New York Young Republicans are actually going out of their way to vet everyone before wow. telling them where they're going to be protesting. Huh. Uh, they're, So that means that they're going to have fewer people. But yeah. you can tell they do not want a situation to get out of control. First of all, like... You know, I don't know what the uh, what the legal limitations on drawdowns from their trusts are, but like being charged with crimes might impact you know um, what money they get from mom and dad. Uh, but and and a handful of as
1: we've as we've talked about many times, the select handful of billionaires that is like pro- currently propping up all right wing <laughs> activist movements. You know, yeah,
0: and like and also like if there's less on the right wing there's also just like less uh it's less of a badge of honor to yep. uh you know get arrested for protesting um and even i think on the left it depends on what you're going to be arrested protesting yeah. you know if you get arrested protesting for like Im- like against, against against the muslim ban uh, against dobbs if you, you for the good stuff yeah if we're all for you like go <laughs> out you know get arrested no big deal but like If you get arrested for something completely ridiculous, right? You know, if you got arrested for protesting the fact that AOC had to pay back the money for her Met Gala dress, like, (laughs) which like she did, like, okay, she fucked up, she paid it back. But if you're out there on the street causing havoc over like a $6,000, $12,000 fine or something like that, like, none of us have any sympathy for that. Again,
1: this is, you know, this is a, this is advice for good And gracious living, if you will. But always run it through the filter of telling this story to your grandkid. Grandpa, grandma, (laughs) have you ever been arrested? Oh, yeah. Oh, what for? Uh, Well, uh, uh, you know, pretty common trust fund criminal with a toupee and a spray tan. Ah uh, got arrested for the crimes basically everybody knew he'd been doing for forty years, and that really pissed me off and, and I was or, mad as hell. <laughs> yeah, I was mad as hell or I was protesting for immigrant rights like oh, those are that's those
0: are really different stories, <laughs> yeah, like gonna be honest, like that really does make a difference and 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 again, like you could see January sixth. As on some parts of the right, you can see why that could be seen as, uh, even though it's wrong, why they could be seen as like a glorious moment. Why yep. participating would be something people uh, would be proud of doing. Obviously wrong, hideously wrong. Uh, but you can see the sort of like through the, through their their lens, the valor of it. I was going to say, in, in
1: there's a ton of great podcasts that I listen to about martyrdom narratives that emerged <laughs> out of January 6th. And January 6th was so uniquely, like you said, like, it's the symbolism of Washington, D.C. It's the symbolism of, like, really throw all the, the important buildings into a hat. Right. You could slap one on a T-shirt with, like, um, oh, the woman who got murdered or her got shot by the Capitol police officer. Yeah. Uh, Babbitt. Babbitt. Mm-hmm. Yeah. You know, it's like, whereas there's nothing symbolic going on except for, like, the normal churning wheels of boring
0: justice, you know? Yeah. Yeah, like, if Trump were being charged with something, a much larger, more complicated, like, crime more directly related to his time in office. Yeah. Right? Uh, Sure. I could even see in Georgia, vis-a-vis the election, if he, you know, if and when he gets indicted for his tampering in the election in Georgia, you could see that being uh, a moment. This just ain't it. So I think... I mean I'm fascinated. I think I'm happy we did this because I, I think it's important to like set out what this is being built up to. Yeah. And underneath it, like what it actually is. And there's like a I think there's a substantial disconnect and I'm just like really fascinated to see how it shakes out. And so hopefully tomorrow, once we get a little bit uh better of a handle on it, then we're gonna then we're gonna I, I guess w- either you or I, or we're going to have to, we're going to have to do a roundup to see how close we are. Um, Or, or maybe there'll be ravening mobs that have moved north from New York city, burning my, uh, my house down uh, as we record tomorrow. Who knows?
1: Uh, Can I ask just one more question about Mm -hmm. this, which is, is it possible? Like you said, like a lot of this, I feel like we're, you're, uh, I'm taking a practice LSAT question here. Like if it turns out that, Donald Trump is the big dumb sack of bees that he claims to, with very little volition or consciousness about him, right? And like his lawyers successfully argue he's too goddamn stupid to have been able to like know about this or plan it. Is it possible for him to get off on something like
0: that? I think that that would be highly unlikely given Co- uh, what Michael Cohen has said publicly already. Yeah. yeah. I think that um, if. That, for example, the fact that it was hidden as a payment to his lawyer and routed through Cohen as opposed to just a check from yeah. the business, I think that shows an attempt to hide and obfuscate that is evidence of knowing that what the conduct was wrongful in some yeah. way. Yeah. That if you don't think what you're doing is wrong, right, you just cut the check. Because you're dumb, right? Like, yeah, because you're dumb. Yeah. Right. Um, Or you say directly to Cohen, oh, you know, you pay it, I'll pay you back. Not, I will list this as a a retainer, right? To try to hide the fact that it's a hush money payment and route it through this. Like, that to me makes that sort of argument really, really difficult um, to make. And also you have the bag man saying, no, he knew what he was doing. He was trying to hide it. Can we also just talk about, like... For a man
1: who supposedly is, like, a billionaire, I we both know that's not true, but, you know, $120,000 cash, right? Like, how, you know, imagine the stingy nuts you have to have to try to get a tax write-off on your hush money. We're going to see you know maybe I mean? he,
0: if he did, then he's a fool.
1: That's what I, I mean. Yeah. What I'm saying is, like... Someone somewhere has this in just like gold bullion, right? Like there, there is no reason with Trump's connections in the world. There should have ever had to been a paper transaction for this.
0: Do you know what I'm saying? I think that honestly, Trump got away with this sort of stuff for so long. Yeah. Um, And part of it is normal. Like it just wasn't worth it. This is in yeah. terms of crimes without Michael Cohen's testimony. It's hard to prove it's not yeah. for that much money. This isn't, you know back then like for other ones you might not have been trying to hide for example a campaign it might not have been a campaign finance violation or something like yeah. that so it would just be a misdemeanor right just thinking of prosecutorial resources it's not really worth it going after someone who's going to fight you every step of the way um for a misdemeanor <laughs> yeah. um and a 100, and 100 you know 30 grand like let's the only reason why this now becomes important is because it's a felony Right. And the threshold is now easier because you have a participating witness and former president I... that like winning in terms of like Trump's legal exposure to this, him winning was the worst possible thing he could have done. I can't get that out of my
1: mind. You you just said out loud the thought that I had in my mind, which is like all he had to do was stay in New York and Florida and yeah. continue being the same fucking schmuck he's been his entire life and none of this would have happened.
0: I actually, I think the truth, that's also true about people like George Santos. like Oh, same. Oh, yeah. A lot of a lot of these people skated by because they just weren't worth going after. Yeah. um And, you know, all New Yorkers know that Trump is a joke. Like, I'm going to yeah. be honest, when Trump burst onto the stage, it was a joke here. Yeah. It, it remains a-, a joke.
1: I was going to say, it's still a joke. It was a joke a lot of places. Like, it was a joke. Like, when I saw that he wanted... To- You, me, and everybody we fucking know. We're like, this is a PR campaign to build up to the next rinky-dink thing that he's going to slap his name on. Like, I didn't realize it was going to be top-secret information.
0: (laughs) Yeah. It's like, this is the world's most convoluted and uh, uh, high-stakes performance of the producers (laughs) ever.
1: Oh, my God. Oh, my God. Oh no. Oh, that felt like you just hit me in the kneecaps with a (laughs) two by four because we, the Donald Trump presidency was the producer's presidency. Mm -hmm. Oh, that hurts my whole head, my face all the way to the front, to the back.
0: Mm -hmm. It's a fantastic play for those who haven't seen it. Uh, It's about a production of a play that's supposed to be a failure. They're trying to make it fail, but it unexpectedly becomes a hit, which then ruins everything.
1: (laughs) Yeah. So I, I, it's, we have to talk about this cause it's truly one of my favorite pieces of like creative. So they, the two producers, which the movie version, it's Nathan Lane and Matthew Broderick, but mm-hmm. amazing actors have played these parts throughout history. Um, and they decide to put on a disastrous play, but get a ton of backing for it. So when it doesn't sell out and they're forced to close it, they can just keep the money. So they make a show about Hitler and The song, one of them, like the main title is springtime for Hitler and Germany, winter for Poland and France. And they cast Hitler to be this kind of effeminate, like silly, like he's very silly. Mm -hmm. And it's it turns out to be the biggest one of the biggest hits. And it's hilarious. And everybody thinks it's like a subversive, amazing art. Like
0: I am begging you to go watch the producers. It's so goddamn funny. The, the only damper that I have on it now is all I can think about when I see the producers is that America is that like now, like yeah. the Trump presidency was that. Um, yeah. And uh, it is, it is a, it's a freaking great play. <laughs> um, and funnily, funnily enough, springtime for Hitler is kind of a great song.
1: It's, it's
0: amazing. If As a show produce... tune. It's fantastic.
1: Yeah, like they like they essentially wrote the play version of um uh, the Taika Waititi uh, Hitler film, and you know same idea.
0: <laughs> silly Hitler is a hit all the time. Silly, yeah. silly Hitler. Yeah, um, and yeah, you have to go in. I just want to make it clear that this that particular song is supposed to be a complete abomination. Yes. obviously, I just want to make this clear that it's extremely yes. tongue in cheek and ironic. The whole thing
1: is a, yeah. a play this tasteless couldn't possibly sell more than a handful of tickets. But this is America where we yeah. said, fill up my whole plate till it is dripping off the sides.
0: Yeah. And America was just like, <laughs> hold my overpriced uh, concession beer. <laughs> I I honestly, I mean, I honestly could
1: not think of a better representative for America really than Donald Trump. And and on in that respect, like nothing is more as a better encapsulation than Donald Trump beating Hillary Clinton. Like it, it tells the whole story about how we treat men and women and competence.
0: I think uh, there needs to be somebody out there who can like create a wonderful deep fake of uh, the producers with George Santos and Donald Trump as the main characters. So anybody out there who does that kind of work, this is now your new life's mission. Um. And uh, if you need any voiceover work or, cre- or creative advice, we are happy to provide oh. it because uh, I think, I feel like this is something that oh. needs, I know it doesn't exist because I would have found it, but I feel like we need to speak this into being. <laughs> yeah. yeah. So Sarah, thank you so much. Um, I'm excited to see how this plays out. I think we Me did too. a good job. Uh, it's really nice sort of just like laying it all out there so people can understand. Yeah. Um, I hope everyone also was enjoy uh, enjoyed the first of our mini series of the WTF series, which, yes. by the way, I had to change the text title it of yes. it yes. to the abbreviation yes. for um, getting listed. Yeah. Um, <laughs> uh But uh, we've gotten a good response so far. So if you have ideas that you want us to cover, uh, you know the WTF format lets us cover virtually anything. <laughs> yes. Not just places, but people, ideas, like. Yes. I really want to do a WTF for like Jordan Peterson. I want yeah. to do a, a WTF for like men's rights yeah. um, for pickup culture, yeah. um, all that sort of stuff. So we should,
1: we should do a what the fuck is wrong. If, if we're keeping the series format, we should just do the manosphere, you know? Oh,
0: the manosphere. There we go. Yeah, Perfect. Uh, because uh, so thank you to everyone who's given us a uh, feedback on that. It was a little bit of an experiment, but looks like yeah. one that's going to pay off. So that, that's great. Awesome. Um, so, uh, and, and as always, Sarah, where can they find you? Oh, yes. Find me and my honey at metalhoney.com.
1: Follow me on TikTok at Hot Tub Greenhouse Girl and Instagram at Ms. Informer, like Ms. Informer. It's a pun. Uh, and that's it.
0: Where can they find you, Matt? Yeah, they can find uh, me and the podcast at, at @perpstu on Twitter. So tweet us your co- comments, questions, suggestions. Uh, find us there. Find us on Facebook. Um, we're going to be posting a lot of new content over the next couple weeks. So please, please, please uh, like, subscribe, share the podcast. It really helps. Um, we are up 74% in listenership over the last month. That's awesome. So- Which is fantastic. So uh, please, like, keep listening. uh, Keep sharing it. Um, It's really awesome. Yeah, leave a review. That would be really helpful. And I'd say it's really energizing to see that we're reaching new audiences all all over the world.
1: Thank you so much. I I always want to say that. Like, thank you for listening. Thank you for being geeky like us about the stuff that we're geeky about. Because, you know, we don't... Listen, I'm about to scream. This is me pulling out my soapbox. Like we don't value like knowledge and information for information's sake. Like just the joy of it. And it's been really nice to be able to have that here. You know.
0: Seriously, I 100 agree. And like one, I I do this stuff. I am obsessive, and I get I read about things <laughs> on my own, and I love learning it. But the joy comes in discussing it obviously with good friends. And then also seeing, sharing the ideas with uh, other people who I understand most people don't have the time, (laughs) (laughs) like y'all are busy, like living your lives. It's really nice to be able to provide that for you and boil things down and also share some uh, laughs as we all swing from the gallows because in 2023, (laughs) all humors, all humor is gallows humor.
1: Well, and I, I do want to thank you specifically, Matt, because um, you know, as we've as we discuss on this podcast all the time, like the law is intended to be opaque so that normal people can't access it, right? So yeah. I enjoy the way that you lay things out in non condescending human terms for people because I think it's a it's a more valuable service than you give yourself credit for, Matt. So
0: thank you. I appreciate that, and like I'm just gonna have to say there are areas of the law that I love and there are areas of the law that I hate, mm-hmm. um, but. All I can say is I'm very lucky to have wonderful people who taught me how to make sense of the law. So yeah. the least I can do is is to pass that on. So awesome. that's going to do it for us tonight. I'm not going to say this week because we have a lot more coming out this week. <laughs> <Yeah>. um, but <laughs> this has been The Perpetual Stew. I'm Matthew Goodman. And I'm Sarah Merle. And until next time, stay curious. Bye.